0: a frozen cat, a threatening note, and a dog that's been poisoned. That's today on The Streaming Fool. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Fool, the podcast with nothing better to do than to watch a great big bunch of TV. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and today we take one more step towards solving the mystery with the Hulu original series... Only murders in the building. Today, we're talking about episode number three, which is entitled, How Well Do You Know Your Neighbors? As with the first two episodes, this was published on August 31st, and Wikipedia describes it like this. Charles, Oliver, and Mabel all think that neighbor Howard is a prime suspect as they found his cat's paw prints, In Tim's blood, Bunny threatens Oliver that she will get him evicted if he doesn't pay his building fees. He goes to his old associate, Teddy, begging for money. After initially refusing, Teddy agrees to sponsor the podcast. Later, Oliver sees Sting in the elevator and thinks he may also be a suspect. Mabel comes across a note from Tim detailing a meeting in one week with somebody identified only as G.M., Oliver discovers a threatening note on his door and that Winnie, his bulldog, has been poisoned, presumably by the same perpetrator. Okay, so uh, yeah, three episodes in and we have a new suspect. We actually start this episode with one suspect and end with an entirely different suspect. And we're going to go through the list of suspects at the end of this episode here. And I think that may be a regular thing going forward until we find out who murdered Tim Kono. We'll go over the suspects. We'll eliminate folks as the episodes continue, and we'll see if we can figure it out before that final episode. Of course, I have to admit, full disclosure, folks, I know who the murderer is. I've watched all 10 episodes by this point. When I had recorded episode number two, I had only watched Up through episode nine, episode 10 hadn't been out yet. And I told myself, I promised myself, I I said, don't watch episode 10 yet. Let's just go ahead and keep recording episodes. And we'll watch episode 10 after we have recorded the episode for episode number nine. But you know what? I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to be spoiled on the internet. So I know, I know who the murderer is. But again, I'm trying to do this as if I don't. So when the episode opens, we go back a number of years to when Oliver was just a bit younger. He was he was in his late 50s. He had a ponytail. He's living in the Arconia with his wife, and he has a new musical that he's producing. Splash the musical. He's got a bunch of people around the dinner table, and he's trying to sell them on some changes he wants to make to the stage, which will cost more money. Now, his investors have already explained at that point that they've already sunk a lot of money into this, more money than they were originally willing to put in. But he sells them on this idea of making the stage into a pool and that the, the level of the pool, like the, the floor of the pool is the stage, but you could lower it so the pool becomes deeper and deeper and there will be a uh, like a balcony ringing the stage, which would actually be a, a pier, and people could dive off the pier into the pool. One of his investors is a guy named Teddy, and apparently Teddy has invested a lot of money in Oliver's musicals in the past, and because of that, Oliver has made him a lot of money, and so he decides he likes the idea of the stage and decides to move forward. We jump back to the present. Oliver, Mabel, and Charles get together to go through their list of suspects. They have to narrow down a suspect, and They have a big cork board up and they have pictures all over it of of their various suspects, pictures that were taken by Charles. And they're all basically selfies of Charles, where he has moved the phone just a bit to catch the person behind him. So he didn't look too suspicious on their list of suspects is Sting, the, the bass player and singer from the band The Police, who apparently lives in their building. Charles admits that Sting's not really a suspect. He just has always wanted to get a picture of himself with Sting. Charles also brings up Tie-Dye Guy, that the Tie-Dye Guy is a suspect. They just don't know who he is. They So that's one of the mysteries that they have to figure out. Who is Tie-Dye Guy and who is Tim's fiance? Mabel brings up, what if they're one and the same? So Oliver kind of takes over at this point, And he basically says, this is how we're going to decide who our main suspect is he he imagines it as if he is casting for a musical and so we go into his mind and he's daydreaming that he is on the set of a musical he's on stage with all of the suspects basically all of the the people from the building and he's going through them one by one to decide who he thinks is the killer and it's actually a very funny scene because he, I mean, Martin Short is just, he's just, he's a legend. He's great in this scene as he is going through each of these people. Like the first one is the, is the, um, the therapist and he, 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 he comes up to the therapist and the therapist says, I killed Tim Kono cause I'm a bad guy or something like that. And he smacks himself on the arm a couple of times. And Oliver's basically like, yeah, I just can't do the need, the, this too much neediness basically tells him, get to the back of the line or the, the back line, basically. So they're all lined up side by side at the front of the stage. And when he decides this is not one of the suspects, he sends them to the back line, which is the line behind them. And he goes through most everyone like that. Bunny, uh, the, the neighbor lady who wants Tim's apartment in D.D. Idoko is her name. And he eliminates them all until he gets to Howard. Howard the cat guy. Now, as we're watching this, again, we're seeing what is in Oliver's mind. In reality, he's going through these complaints and, and whatnot that he got from the building manager, Ursula, uh, against Tim Kono. So they have all this information that they're sorting through, and he's looking through this as he's imagining questioning these suspects. And he falls on Howard the cat guy because he discovers that... Tim had threatened to kill Howard's cat, to shoot his cat, actually, Evelyn, so Howard knew that Tim had a gun, and so he becomes their prime suspect. I really enjoyed how they how they did this in the episode. Instead of it just them being, you know, sitting around the apartment, combing through all this information, and then one of them goes, hey, did you know, according to this, uh, Howard has a complaint against against Tim? that tim threatened to shoot howard's cat well then that means that howard knows that tim had a gun you know they don't they don't do that they they make it much more entertaining with this whole casting call thing with with uh, oliver as the director of a musical and going through his line of of actors and actresses to decide who is going to be the lead in the musical and he settles on howard and so they have to take the next step which is they need to interview him and Charles says, well, well, how do we do that? What do we do? And he says, well, Oliver says, well, we just need to talk to him about Tim Kono and see what happens. And Charles is like, OK, so our plan is to go speak to a suspected murderer and mention a subject that may drive him crazy to the point that he could reach under his couch and pull out the murder weapon and kill us all. And Oliver's like, yeah, that's it. Uh, but Oliver's not going with him. He, he's he's off to do producer stuff, as he says, boring stuff. And so Charles and Mabel go to interview Howard. Oliver goes to Teddy's apartment. Teddy, the producer that we met at the beginning of the episode, he is Teddy Demas, the owner of Demas, the uh, uh, the Demas Deli. Now, I don't think I mentioned this, but in episode two, there's a moment when they go to Tim Kono's memorial and it's been catered. Basically, there's a bunch of deli trays out with, deli meat and dips and whatnot. And it's all from the Demis deli. And Oliver loves this kind of stuff because again, he's broke. And so he he ends up taking most of it back to his apartment. And he loves the dips. He lives on dips. Basically, we, we learned that most of what he ingests throughout the day is dip. But Oliver goes to Teddy's apartment to try to get him to sponsor this podcast at $32,000. And this is when we learn that Splash the Musical apparently was a big flop, that Teddy lost a lot of money on it, that there were a lot of other musicals that were uh, hitting Broadway that um, Oliver convinced Teddy not to invest in, stuff like Mamma Mia, very popular Broadway musicals that Oliver told Teddy, they're, they're not going to make any money, don't, don't waste your time. And of course, they made lots of money. And so Teddy feels like he lost a lot of money. I mean, not only did he lose a lot of money with Splash the Musical, he also lost a lot of probable money by not investing in these other musicals that Oliver talked him out of. So, of course, he turns Oliver down and sends him on his way. In the meantime, Charles and Mabel get on the elevator to go down to talk to Howard. And a woman enters the elevator carrying an instrument in a case. Her name is Jan. She is the uh first chair bassoonist. Is that how it's pronounced? She she plays the bassoon and her and and Charles kind of have a moment on this elevator ride where they they uh Charles actually starts kind of flirting with her. And uh as they as the elevator gets to their floor and Charles and Mabel leave the elevator leaving Jan on it, they get off and Mabel is like, "Well, you go Charles, you get you some. And he's, I will not. He's very offended by this. And he asks her if his nose is bleeding because she points out that he was flirting. And so he asks if his nose is bleeding and she says no. And that was kind of a weird moment. So they go down and they meet with Howard and they learn a couple of things from Howard. First, they learn that, of course, Howard did not like Tim Kono, much like uh, the rest of the people in the building. They also learn, uh, Howard says that he heard that Tim had been fired from his investment firm for losing the company a lot of money. Well, at one point, Charles stands up because they have to let they're they're recording this interview. They have hidden mics on them, but legally they have to let Howard know that he's being recorded. And so they decide to do it in a in a in a very nonchalant way where they're obviously telling him that he's being recorded, but he can't he can't get clued into the fact that he's being recorded because then they're afraid that he'll go crazy and kill them because they think he's a murderer at this point. And so Charles stands up, there's a big portrait of a cat on the wall, and he thinks it's Evelyn, which is the cat that died uh, the same day that Tim Kono died, the cat who had left its paw prints in Tim Kono's blood. And it's not Evelyn, it's, it's one of his other cats that is no longer around. And Charles says something to the effect of, "Well, it's it's really nice though that you have that portrait there, because then it's then it's as if you're being recorded." And Howard says, "What?" And he goes, "No, I'm just saying with the you know the cat there on the wall looking over you, it's it's as if you are being recorded." And Howard goes, "I that makes no sense. Why would you say that? I've never heard that saying before. Why would you say that?" And Charles is getting really uncomfortable, and he kind of backs up and he turns around. And he goes, I, "I I don't know." And then he steps in Evelyn's cat dish which is full of food. Howard has done nothing with any of Evelyn's effects. In fact, he 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 uh, suspects that Evelyn was poisoned and he has uh he's going to have Evelyn uh tested uh for poison. going to have an autopsy of some sort. So <laughs> Charles steps on the 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 cat dish and food goes everywhere and Howard gets upset and then Suddenly you see that Charles has a nosebleed and Howard says, your nose is bleeding. And then he, Howard just passes out. Mabel and Charles, of course, freak out. And Mabel is yelling at Charles, tells him to get into the kitchen and get some ice because Howard was standing when he fainted. So he fainted and he fell to the floor and he hit his head. And so Charles runs to the freezer and he opens it up. And in the freezer is Evelyn frozen, dead, frozen, not wrapped up in any way just a frozen dead cat in the freezer. And so he's trying to, you know, Charles is very much a, I think we talked about this in episode two. Charles seems to be very much a kind of an OCD type of personality. And uh, based on this episode, he's obviously somewhat of a germaphobe. I mean, not that anybody would love touching a, a frozen dead cat, but he's trying to get the ice out of the freezer uh which apparently is being uh, laid upon by this dead cat and he knocks this frozen dead cat out of the freezer and Evelyn's one of Evelyn's legs falls off breaks off because the cat is frozen and he he sticks the cat he gets the ice sticks the cat back in the freezer and for some reason he just he's just freaking out Charles just doesn't know what to do he's holding this cat leg and he ends up sticking it in his back pocket because i think at that point Howard is starting to wake up Well, we find out when he gets the ice pack to Howard, Howard wakes up and Howard has a condition that causes him to faint at the sight of blood. And it's at that moment that Mabel just crosses him off their suspect list because she's like, oh, really? That must make it hard to, you know, go and be, you know, maybe in the same room as somebody who was brutally murdered. And so Howard is taken off that list. Well, at one point, they're heading back up to, to Charles' apartment, and they run into t- uh, uh, Oliver, who has, he's gone back up to his apartment. He's upset that he was not able to sell ad revenue or sell ad time to a, a sponsorship to Teddy, and he knows he needs money. He's, he's mentioned to the, to the Howard, and he's like, keep saying the wrong words, keep saying the wrong names. He mentions to Charles and Mabel that all of this audio equipment that he's purchased, for this this podcast, and he's purchased a lot of it. He's got a lot of audio equipment. It makes me very envious. I wish I could go out and get all this stuff, but he has to have it all back to the store in 30 days so he can get his money back, which has Charles worried because he doesn't want them to rush this. He wants to put out a quality product and he's afraid that Oliver is gonna rush it. Well, Oliver uh decides he's gonna he has his big original poster for Splash the Musical and he's gonna go sell it. Because they go for a lot, you know, original Broadway musical posters, even for flops, go for a lot of money. Well, he runs into Charles uh, on the way up, and he and Charles end up having a big, long talk in Oliver's apartment about how Splash 2 was, was his downfall. It was his biggest flop. And what made it a flop was this stage setup that he convinced his investors to invest in. Because on preview, one of the preview nights, I think the the opening preview night, the all the men in the chorus who were dressed as mermen were were all along the balconies, the the of the stage, the the pier. They were singing a song, and then they were all supposed to dive off of the pier into the pool. But apparently, something had gone wrong with the hydraulics, and uh, they were having troubles with it at one point. And Oliver decided, no, you know, the show must go on. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Just dive when you get to that point. Don't worry about it. The stage will be where it's supposed to be and Of course, the floor doesn't move, and there are a lot of injuries. Nobody dies, but it's it's what ends up killing the show and kill and killing his career. Well, we also learn the reason why he is alone. He no longer is living with his wife is because he had invested all of their money into this. Musical. He was, he believed in it so much. He not only invested all of their money, he invested his son's college fund in this musical and they lost it all. And that's why he, you know, he he basically said, I, I, that was when my career died and I lost my family. Well, in the meantime, Mabel goes to visit the building super. Now, if you remember, Mabel had her Hardy Boys. We learned that Mabel and Tim Kono had been friends since they were kids. And eventually they added two more people to their group. Oscar and Zoe Zoe died uh, by falling off the top of the building during a New Year's Eve party 10 years ago. And she had been fighting with Oscar minutes before it happened. Mabel discovered that Tim saw that there was somebody else up there with her when she fell that somebody else was actually the cause of her death, but he would not tell the police what he saw. And so Oscar was arrested 10 years ago. Well, Mabel in one of the previous episodes, we learned that she had gone to see Tim Kono and he didn't want to see her. And she was basically telling him, you know, Oscar's going to get out in a couple of days and you have to make this right. You have your, you saw what happened to Zoe and you have to make this right. And Tim's not having any of it. So Mabel goes to see the super who is Oscar's dad. And she wants to know if Oscar is, is, is around and Oscar's dad says, no, uh, and even if he was, I don't want you to see him. You ruined his life. Stay out of his life and slams the door in her face. In the meantime, uh, at that point, um, Oliver and Charles have finished their conversation at some point, And Charles basically inspires Oliver to go back to Teddy. Uh, you know, basically Oliver's like, you know what? I've never taken no for an answer. I'm going to, I'm going to go down. I'm going to do what I need to do. And he grabs a bottle of wine and a couple of wine glasses. He goes down to see Ted or Teddy. And when he's down there, we meet Teddy's uh, son, who seems to be about Mabel's age. His name is Theo. He is uh, deaf, mute. And uh, Oliver ends up selling ad uh, this podcast to Teddy. And at one point, once Teddy realizes he's going to invest in this podcast, he's like, all right, fine, I'll invest. What did we say, 32000 And Oliver's like, nope. Now it's 35,000 because you 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 made me wait. And so Mabel goes back to her apartment. She's really sad about her her conversation with Oscar's dad. She's looking through all the stuff that she got from Tim's apartment and she finds a post-it in a magazine that talks it looks like it's something that Tim had scrawled on this post-it. That basically looks like a, a meeting with somebody named GM in a couple of days and so she makes note of that. Oliver, after selling uh, the sponsorship to the podcast, he gets on the elevator with his dog, Winnie, and who's on the elevator with him? but Sting. Sting is obviously in a very bad mood. Winnie keeps sniffing at his legs, and Sting is just like, "Get this dog away from me." And uh, Oliver's trying to bring up the the whole thing with Tim Kono and and uh, Sting just doesn't he's just not happy. He's not in a good mood. He just comes off as a real jerk in the elevator, and then finally he leaves. Oliver then uh, leaves Winnie in his apartment and he goes down to meet with Charles and Mabel. And he tells them that he got the sponsorship and uh, he goes back to his apartment and, and hanging on the no- on the door of his apartment is a note that says end the podcast or I end you. And he goes into the apartment to find Winnie sick. It appears that Winnie has been poisoned. And as he is fussing over his dog who may or may not die, We get another look inside his mind and he's back on the stage. There's, you know, where all the suspects were and there's only one person now on the stage and it's Sting and he's singing the song Don't Stand So Close to Me. So it's like they kind of leave us with the idea that Sting might now be the lead suspect in the murder of Tim Kono. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that, but I'll tell you what, let's just go through the list of suspects and I'll tell you what I think at this point. So our first one is Ndidi Idoko. She's the neighbor. She's the one that wants Tim's apartment. She actually stood up during the memorial and told everybody that she's getting Tim's apartment. She's, she, she's wanted it for a long time. And Charles during that memorial leans over to Mabel and Oliver and says, wouldn't be the first time that someone committed murder in New York over real estate. Howard Morris was a suspect. We already talked about him in this episode. I don't think he's a suspect anymore at this point. Um, it's obvious that he would not. I mean, in the first episode, you see Tim's, there's blood all over the place after Tim is murdered. And Howard would not have been able to have, he, he wouldn't have been able to be in there in, you know during something like that because he faints at the sight of blood. Our third suspect is somebody that we haven't really talked about it all in these first three episodes, but it's Oscar's father. He's the building super, and he could have easily, He's he's got, I believe he's got the motivation. He could have killed Tim uh, as an act of revenge for Oscar being arrested and taking 10 years of Oscar's life. And maybe he waited this long because it was, uh, you know, Oscar's coming back and it's just a reminder of his failure as a father. And so he murders Tim he'd have keys to his uh, his his apartment. He could have turned on the 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 fire alarm. He could have gotten around in the building super easily. I think I think uh Oscar's father, Jose Torres, I think he's a he's a he's a good suspect. Mabel, Oliver and Charles, of course, they are all suspects at this point. I mean, I don't really buy any of them as suspects, but Mabel doesn't really have a lot of motivation although we know that she she has she's lying about the fact or she's at least holding back the information from Oliver and Charles that she has known Tim since they were kids. Oliver, I mean, he he could possibly be the murderer. He needs money. He needs this podcast to succeed. Maybe he just decided I'm just going to kill some random person in the in the in, in the building. And then I can start a, uh, a podcast about uh, solving that murder and ensuring that I'm never Suspected. I I don't know. It's a stretch. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a suspect. But I feel like the show is kind of wanting us to suspect Mabel Oliver and Charles to a certain extent. Um, and Charles, I don't know. Charles is a weird guy, but he just doesn't seem to have the motivation. There's not. There's no reason for Charles at this point to kill Tim Kono, unless there's something they haven't told us yet. And then of course our last suspect, based on the end of this episode, is Sting. And while I think that would be pretty fun for Sting to be the murderer, uh, I don't believe it for a second. I think this is just the show trying to throw us off track. They're just throwing this big, giant, fat red herring in our face to distract us from the actual murderer, who at this point, I think might be Oscar's father. That's who I'm going with at this point. Uh, I I don't know. The neighbor, maybe. But Oscar's father... That's who I'm going with at this point. What about you? Who do you think? Who do you think did it? Hopefully uh, you haven't finished the series yet. If you're still at episode three, who do you think killed Tim Kono? Give me an email. Give me an email. Send me an email at thestreamingfool at gmail.com. Tell me me what you're thinking. Three episodes in, who killed Tim Kono? What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? Is there suspects that maybe I haven't listed? there's somebody that i should be thinking about let me know until then folks check out my patreon if you want to throw a little support my way patreon.com slash steven r or for as little as a dollar a month you can join the just another fan club you can get episodes like this before anybody else and you'll also get the my other podcast podcast which is a, another podcast my other podcast that i do in which i just talk about all kinds of stuff comics tv books whatever Just whatever's on my mind that day when I hit record. Beyond that, if you still want to support the show, but you can't do so monetarily, if you're listening to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, go over there and rate the show. More ratings means uh, the thing rises up in the algorithm of some sort uh, in some way. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but the more ratings I get, the more that the uh, podcast is pushed out to people who aren't. Subscribers so they'll they'll see it. Same goes if you're listening to the podcast over on YouTube. Like the video. That helps with the algorithm as well. That's that's it, folks. That's what you can do for me. What I can do for you is just to keep just keep on keeping on, keep watching some stuff and keep making these episodes. And hopefully you'll keep enjoying them. So join me back here on Thursday. We'll talk about episode four of Only Murders in the Building. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm the streaming fool. That's really all I got to say. So I guess I'm just going to wrap it up and go. Bye. (laughs) That was dumb.